And welcome to Monday, just a few weeks before the midterm election, September 12th. Mike Opelka with you. Thank you for tuning into this podcast. Share it with your friends. Tell them about it. We're trying to build an audience. We're trying to make sure we get as much good information out there as possible and have a little fun at the same time. That's kind of the mission statement here. Get good information out there, factual information, not fake news. Save the country. Preserve the Constitution. Promote capitalism, individual liberty, freedom, freedom of speech. And have a little fun in the meantime. For example, Joe Biden delivered yet another new word to us today. Joe Biden speaking publicly. This is the United States of America, for God's sake. The United States of America, for God's sake. Remember when we had Kofefe with Trump and he misspelled the word coffee and then the left went wild and Kofefe was a thing? What about this? He actually said this in his own words coming out of his mouth. This is the United States Camara, for God's sake. Yeah, well, I guess I guess being a Democrat, you get forgiven for a lot of things. Like the uh, Senate candidate for the Democrats in Pennsylvania is a guy named John Fetterman, who had a stroke a few months ago and is not completely healed. He's not ready yet. He's not fully ready to be back on the campaign trail. Fetterman talking to an audience, and I have to tell you, this has to be scary for a lot of people in his party and for anyone in Pennsylvania who thinks he could win. Listen. It's such the most important race for the Senate here for 22. We have to replace Pat Toomey. Senator Toomey was not very nice to me. He, Pat Toomey, is a miracle. Now, just so you know, I didn't edit any of that. That is as it happened. He's having trouble connecting the words in his brain to the speaking mechanism and having trouble getting those words out there. It has to be disconcerting. And I know he is fighting off any kind of debate against Dr. Oz because he's worried he won't be able to handle it. And based on that, I don't think he can. I don't think he's even close to debating Dr. Oz. And they vowed, they, his candidates, his, his campaign has vowed that there will be one debate. We will see. We will see. Come on, man. Sorry, Joey. I know he's trying to adopt your campaign strategy. We'll get to your vice president in just a few minutes, but I'm only going to do one story about the queen today because I frankly don't care about the monarchy. We beat them a long time ago. And so the obsession with covering the death of the queen, who was 96 years old, it's not like it was a shocking uh, quick end of life for her. She had been around for a long, long time, 70 years on the throne. And all the news channels are obsessing and devoting how many hours to this when we should be covering our economy. We'll get the uh, inflation numbers tomorrow. Should be covering the midterm elections, shouldn't they? Should be covering whatever the DOJ is trying to do to diminish Donald Trump's chances of ever running again. I should say Biden's DOJ because he has weaponized it against anyone 
who is a conservative. We understand there are about 50 people who uh, have been associated with Donald Trump who've gotten subpoenas as well. It sure sounds like a banana republic purge. But uh, back to my only story about the queen today. I'm not even tracking, oh, where's the casket now? It's like it should be a video game. But the ladies on The View, who never miss a chance to um, get in and make the wrong opinion known, the ladies on The View were talking about the queen's death and about her 70-year reign. And uh, Joy Behar sitting in Whoopi's chair because Whoopi's not there, so Joy Behar's taken over. But it's Sonny Hostin who really steps up and insults the monarchy and then talks about reparations. And then all of the hens on The View jump in and start talking about reparations. Let's work through this. Here's Sonny Hostin after saying she studied in London and really got all into the monarchy and was really fascinated by the queen. But because I think we all love <coughs> glam and pageantry. And I think, though, we can mourn the queen and not the empire. Yeah, because sure. if you really think about what the monarchy um, was built on, it was built on the backs of black and brown people. She wore a crown with pillaged stones from India and Africa. And now what you're seeing, at least in the black communities that I'm a part of, um, they want reparations. You know, Barbados left, uh, left, the, uh, left the sort of this, oh this monarchy, this colonization. Yeah. Um, Jamaica, I'm, I have a lot of Jamaican friends, that's coming soon. And right now, Charles now is in a position, he's, I think, has 14 colonies that he is now head of state, including Australia and Canada, I believe, if yeah. I'm correct. It's time for him to modernize this monarchy. And it's time for him to provide reparations to all of those colonies. And I also think, you know, a monarchy, it's very easy to uplift one family. The harder thing is to uplift all families. And I think that he's in a position to be able to do that. So the applause lights go on. And of course, then starts the piling on from the other sides of the giant table. You, you do know. You do know that Queen Elizabeth fought against apartheid in South Africa. That was she, she, one of the good things she did. She was, and she also was very angry with Thatcher, who refused to do sanctions. Mm -hmm. against now, I have to give Joy Behar a rare, a rare thumbs up. She's right about that. Queen Elizabeth was anti-apartheid. Queen Elizabeth wasn't really a political figure, but she knew what was right, and apartheid in South Africa was wrong. So, uh, Joy Behar... Now she won't have to give any facts for the rest of the year because she's done her one fact. In South Africa. Yeah. So she tried, I think, her best, if she could, every mm -hmm. once in a while. She really didn't have that much power. She was a figurehead. Well, look, I, I, the, the United States was... Okay, here comes Ana Navarro, fake Republican. She's about to slam America. Built on the backs of <gasps> black and brown And people. we want our reparations. And, you know... So Sonny Hostin is now demanding reparations. Sonny Hostin who is probably paid somewhere between three and five million dollars a year to work 40 weeks a year on a show that's one hour a day. I know they have to do a little prep every day. She wants reparations. We want our reparations. Okay, let's continue. More piling on. The uh, Americans. 
the, the, you know, the Catholic Church was built on the black on the backs of, of uh, people who black and uh, black and brown people who were forced to convert to Catholicism. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of that that we're coming to terms with, and I think one of the things that Charles can do to get some popularity mm -hmm. is maybe t take some time away from speaking to his plants and speak to this issue. So she's even this is on Navarro. She's even insulting Prince Charles, saying. He needs to take some time away from speaking to his plants because apparently he loves his garden. This goes on and on and on. It's making me sick, so I'm not even going to continue with it. But The View, these entitled biatches on The View are demanding reparations for the British colonies and for black people, brown people in America, even though nobody alive today owns slaves in America. Nobody, nobody. Sonny Hostin, we want our reparations. It's maddening. Maddening. Also maddening is Joe Scarborough from uh, MSNBC. Scarborough, you know, morning Joe. Uh, he said something really dumb on Friday, in case you missed it. As a Southern Baptist that wow. grew up reading the Bible, maybe a backslidden Baptist, but I still know the Bible. Jesus never once talked about abortion. Never once. And it was happening back in ancient times. It was happening during his time. Never once mentioned it. And for people perverting the gospel of Jesus Christ down to one issue, it's heresy. Spoken yep. like a true heretic, Joe Scarborough. I, even I know that's wrong. Even I understand that's wrong. But I need an expert. So Billy Hallowell, one of the greatest writers in the faith genre, is going to join us in just a little bit after we get done pointing a finger at Kamala Harris. For some of the dumb things she said this weekend, especially when she was talking to uh, Chuck Todd, Chuck Todd, who recorded Meet the Press way ahead of time. They were in Texas. They pre-recorded the show. So, you know, the whole thing had been sanitized, but they still couldn't prevent dumb things like this from being said. We have a secure border in that that is a priority for any nation, including ours and our administration. How did that statement even come about? How does a statement like that even happen? How does Kamala Harris come up with a statement like that? Well, here's the, the whole block of it. Final topic here. Since uh, we're here in Texas, I want to ask you about the border. Would you call the border secure? I think that there is no question that we have to do what the president and I asked Congress to do is the first request we made, pass a bill to create a pathway to citizenship. The border is secure. What? The border is secure? No. Chuck just said there were two million people, right? We also have a broken immigration system, in particular over the last four years before. No. Now she's going to go back and blame Trump. But a, a broken immigration system, weren't you in the Senate? Wasn't Joe in the Senate for like 50 million years. Or we came in and it needs to be fixed. We're going to have 2 million people cross this border for there the first go, time There you go, Chuck. Ever. You're confident this border is secure. We have a secure border. No, we don't. You're lying. In addition to the millions coming through this year, we have fentanyl. We have sex trading going on. Sex slaves coming into this country. We have all kinds of bad folks from countries all over the world who want to do harm here. But continue with the lies, madam. 
and that that is a priority for any nation, including ours and our administration. But there are still a lot of problems that we are trying to fix, given the deterioration that happened over the last four years. It's not the four years. There are more people come across the border this year than in the previous four years combined. And then add in the drugs and the bad folks. These folks are so incompetent. They have to be impeached. And by the way, there are now a third of the Democrats who are saying they support impeachment of Biden. While you're at it, you should also impeach Kamala. Seriously, people. She is so dangerous. She is so dangerous. She was speaking to her Democrat brothers and sisters at their big uh, convention-y thing. And, uh, well, you just got to hear it for yourself to believe it. So, Democrats, you know, I believe that when you know what you stand for, you know what to fight for. You people stand for showers. That's about it. And maybe 10 minutes at a time. Continue. So let us remind the American people what Democrats stand for. Showers, I just told you. Let us remind the American people that we as Democrats, we fight for the people. All the people. Wait a minute. Joe is telling us that if you're a Trump supporter, a Trumpy, as he likes to call us, that uh, you're extreme. So you can't be fighting for all the people if the president calls 71 million of us, 74 million of us, maybe 80 million of us, depending on what number you believe, extreme. Let us remind them in this moment that the stakes could not be higher. Yeah, we understand the stakes could not be higher. And they're trying to make this all about abortion. That's what the Democrats are trying to do. This whole thing, they're trying to push it into the abortion corner and try and make this midterm election about Roe v. Wade actually giving the states what is guaranteed to them in the Constitution. That's the right to make the laws in their states. But it's funny to me, it's ironic to me, when you listen to Kamala a little bit later in the speech trying to make that point that we're taking away a constitutional right and that government shouldn't make personal health decisions. Anyone remember the vaccine mandates? Yeah, kind of seems to be 180 degrees away from what you're saying here, madam. All leaders are passing laws to criminalize health care providers and punish women. They believe that government should make personal decisions for women. That government should make decisions for women about their own body. Well, we do not. We trust women. Uh, no, you also don't trust people who don't want the vaccine. You don't trust people in the military who didn't want to take an experimental vaccine. You didn't trust people in local law enforcement. Anybody see the irony here? All right, I'm stepping aside for a quick break. When we get back, Billy Hallowell is going to join us, and we're going to talk about that Joe Scarborough clip that claims Jesus would be pro-abortion. <laughs> oh, God, these people are nuts. Right here on the Pure Opelka podcast. Oh, God, help me. I'm so happy. I'm so thrilled. Uh, my friend Billy Hallowell, one of the greatest voices 
in the uh, faith world, a guy who writes just brilliant stuff and who's up on everything when it comes to the faith world and involved with Faithwire and CBN at this point. He is um, a, a much chased after voice, and we've got him here uh, today. Uh, welcome back, my friend. I haven't talked to you in like months. I am always excited to be here. I know. I feel like we've we've lost touch, but we've caught up today, which is exciting. Well, weren't you in the French Riviera for the summer at your chateau? I was. I was busy this summer. I spent a lot of time in good old Pennsylvania, and now, you know, I'm back to my normal life in New York. Oh, that's right. You have a castle in the woods where bears go through <laughs> your trash every day, right? We do. We do have bears that walk through the yard. We can't even leave trash out. We have to, like, bring it somewhere because they'll tear it open and eat it, so... <laughs> God. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. So people should follow you at uh, faithwire.com and cbn.com. Are those the best places? That's right. Okay. Well, I asked Billy to join me because at the end of the week last week, I, I saw something. I heard something. It was so amazingly shocking, stupid, irritating, whatever. I had to ask Billy what to make of this. And it happened on Morning Joe, the biggest show, I think it's still the biggest show, on MSNBC, now that Rachel Maddow shows up, I think, on every full moon. Uh, but uh, <laughs> Joe Scarborough and uh, Mika and their mess in the mornings uh, were talking, and this happened. As a Southern Baptist, wow. I grew up reading the Bible, maybe a backslidden Baptist, but I still know the Bible. Jesus never once talked about abortion, never once, and it was happening back in ancient times. It was happening during his time. Never once mentioned it. And for people perverting the gospel of Jesus Christ down to one issue, it's heresy. So uh, Joe Scarborough claims this is heresy for uh, anyone to be arguing in a, in a strong pro-life manner. But Billy, uh, how far down did your jaw drop? I mean, it, it it dropped pretty far, but this is about the second or third time that he's done this this summer. And the first few times went relatively unnoticed. You know, he said earlier in the summer, it's not mentioned in the New Testament. It's not mentioned in the Gospels. It's not mentioned by Jesus. Not one time. Again, you know, look, I'm pretty sure Jesus probably didn't feel the need to again say thou shalt not murder because this is a theme throughout the Bible. I'm not sure what Scarborough believes is happening to an unborn baby. I'm not sure what he even thinks an unborn baby is, but I find it very strange that he's almost using his faith to sort of back up the idea that abortion's just no big deal, that we shouldn't fight against it or push against it. Uh, lots of things, by the way, are not mentioned in the Bible. The word Trinity is not mentioned in the Bible, but the concept is, and Christians believe in the Trinity. So it's just, it's wacky. I, I also think, though, it's damaging at a time, and, and I want to be careful how I say this, but I'm just going to say it, at a time when Christian nationalism is such a theme, right? I find it really fascinating and interesting that only conservatives are targeted on Christian nationalism. Don't get me wrong. Lots of people out there are putting their you know, politics above their faith. That's wrong, of course. And I understand that part of the definition. But when somebody on the left does this and they start to merge their theological views with their policies, nobody bats an eyelid. And it feels to me that's what he's doing here. Yeah, it's, um, it's a demonizing. It's part and parcel of what I see with the playbook coming out from the Republicans, or I'm sorry, against the Republicans 
from the Democrats, which is meant to divide us, to kind of section off little groups and to say, if you support Make America Great Again, well, you're an extremist. If you support the protection of the unborn, well, then you must be an extremist because Jesus never said that. And, you know, um, correct me if I'm wrong. It was uh, commandment number five, thou shalt not kill. Just right there. Thou shalt not kill. It's, but let's right. and, but let's and there's another part here that I think is actually really important from a theological perspective. If you're not a Christian, just bear with me and, and listen to this because Scripture speaks repeatedly in the Old and New Testament, as do every one of the stories about purpose. If you believe that God has a purpose for people's lives, right? If you were knit together in your mother's womb, which, by the way, is something that's in the book of Jeremiah, we see it in Psalms. This concept that God had a plan for people before they were born. If you are supporting abortion in this way, you must not believe that. I don't know how you walk around saying that you're a Christian and you believe that, you know, you believe in God's plan when he has a plan for every life and you're supporting people stepping in to that plan and stopping a life from being born. Um, and I'm not talking because I know there's going to be people, there's this circumstance in that 90% of abortions have nothing to do with anything other than people don't want to have the baby. That is nine out of 10 abortions. That's really? what I'm talking about. Wow. Here. I knew there was like a 63% uh, of the country that's been surveyed that says, listen, uh, there are reasonable restrictions that can be placed on abortion at 15 weeks, like so much of Europe. There are uh, a, a tiny percentage of the country believes that abortion should be allowed up until birth which to me is just absolute grisly to think that there are actually people Horrific. who believe yeah. and support that. It's I, I checked uh, also in the Beatitudes. I, I didn't see blessed are the abortion providers. I don't think that's in there anywhere. Correct me if I'm it's, wrong. Well, no, it's not. I mean, at least not in the normal Bible. I'm sure that crazy culture is going to write their own Bible with all sorts of crazy things in it. But that And that's what's happening here. People are putting themselves above the truth. And I don't I'm looking at what Scarborough is saying. I'm seeing it, and I'm not understanding how somebody with a straight face makes these proclamations so boldly and, and so publicly. And just to add to what you just said, the majority of people in America – I know abortion's complicated – but even the majority of pro-choicers want to cap abortion after three months. That is remarkable and fascinating and a great place to actually start a conversation with people. Yeah, and I wish the conservative people in the world of politics – wouldn't be afraid to open that door and actually have the conversation because yeah, you got to have it. There is a yeah. strong majority of people who would have that conversation. NBC's uh, Yamish Alcindor is telling everyone that 90% of the voters she talks to across America have made abortion the first and most important question that they bring up to her. I don't believe that. I don't think she's dealing in a real world. I look at the cost of gasoline, the cost of food, the cost of housing. I never in my life did a year ago, I think we would be saying, you got a mortgage for 2.75%, you're the king, because now it's 6% for anyone who's trying to buy a house if they're lucky enough to have a good job and not being crushed by inflation. But to tell me that is a flat-out lie, you Michelle Sindor, but I don't think we can be afraid of the conversation because... The facts will bear you out, conservatives. The facts will support you that most reasonable thinking people are supportive of protecting the unborn once there is brain activity, once there is pain felt, once there, show them the fingers. That's what I always tell people. Show them the ultrasound. Show them the hand. And I think everything changes. But 
Uh, when you're watching the Scarborough clip, uh, I'm talking to you, Billy Hollowell, and I'm talking to anybody listening. Watch Mika. Watch Mika's face. It's like she's looking at some sort of messiah. Well, it's it's very disturbing, and I'm assuming she – look, I'm sure her influence has been, has been weighing in on him on this. I just – I feel like the first time he did it, somebody should have been like, this is a joke. Don't do it again. The second time he did it, I think people should have been horrified. Now this is at least the third time I've heard him say something like this, and – to me, and of course, he did this one time, by the way, with Al Sharpton. That was the guest, and they were going back and forth on it. And it's again, it's the upside down because these people are telling us that we're the evil ones for protecting innocence, right? And again, abortion's complicated, but to be making these proclamations and then to have Al Sharpton on as your arbiter of, of truth on this is just remarkable. I love that you didn't give him ministerial credentials because I refuse to do so as well. He will never be. Oh, Rev. Oh, it's Rev. Ridiculous. They always they always kiss his button. Oh, Rev. Reverend Sharpton is here. No, it's Al Sharpton. He's a class. And you know, he said, Al Sharpton said, real Christians really, that, who really studied the Bible ought to be incensed. I've been a preacher since I was a little boy. Those are the quotes that he was saying in their interaction about this. I, you know, I think that it's pretty remarkable. And I'm incensed over the fact that people calling themselves pastors are defending these things. Yeah, it, it is frightening. Uh, b before I let you go, Billy, um, the the high schools that are allowed to have satanic clubs. Um, correct me if I'm not allowed to say this, but what in the hell is going on at these schools? Well, and this is and this is part of the religious freedom discussion. But by the way, just so listeners understand, these Satanist groups, these organizations like the Satanic Temple, and this sort of rocks people's minds, they actually are atheist groups. They do not believe the Satanic Temple doesn't believe that Satan exists. They don't believe that God exists. They essentially look at the example of Satan as sort of a rebel and a renegade, and they've created organizations around that. And so Satanism is complicated. There's a lot of different arms, but most people are shocked to hear that, right? That, wait, this group doesn't even believe that Satan exists. And, you know, look, you can be influenced by something you don't believe exists, which I think is what <laughs> what we're seeing happen there. Wow. Wow, that is amazing. I, I hope people wake up, and I hope people look below the headlines which is what they need to do. And you also need to follow Billy Hallowell. Billy's on Twitter. Great follow on Twitter. Uh, I don't know if I follow you on Instagram or Facebook. I, I, I'm pretty much tied to Twitter for news these days. So if well, you better follow me there, Opelka. You're going right. to have to do that. Billy Hallowell is his name. And I think you can also go to BillyHallowell.com. And that leads to everything, yes, all the roads that he is traveling. So do, All roads to Billy. All roads lead to Billy Hallowell and to the bears eating his garbage in the woods by his <laughs> castle in Pennsylvania, where I have not been invited. Oh, the pain. Oh, you're going to have to come out, Opelka. You're going to have to come hang. <laughs> you will stop that the minute I get <laughs> near your neighbor. I'm sorry we're closed. There's COVID in here. You have to go home. <laughs> It's just the way it works. Uh, follow Billy Hallowell. Hang out with him. And Billy, my friend, please come back before eight more months. I will. I will. I promise.